All right, it's Mike Malloy. Hey, it's Johnny Bailina. This is Brian McDowell, and we're on Snake Road with Mike Pingleton. And you're listening to the Old Pingleton podcast. So much Pingle. So much Pingle podcast. <laughs> we we'll edit that out. listening to so much pingle the podcast about herpetology field herping and anything and everything about amphibians and reptiles join us each week as mike and his guests explore the amazing world of herps across our planet and now bringing a half century of experience and perspective to the microphone here's your host mike pingleton Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. And here we go with episode 51, and uh, I hope you all remain safe and healthy. It's good to be back. I've been a bit busy over the past few weeks. Uh, first, there was my usual fall visit to Snake Road, which for me at this point is a chance to see a lot of old friends and uh, to make some new ones along the way. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Mike and Johnny and Brian. It's good to meet you all at uh, one of my favorite places. But there was only one snake road trip this year for me because I headed down to Florida to do a little herping, uh, you know, hogtober and all of that. Uh, came up short on the hoggies with uh, just one little eastern hog nose, but uh, I managed to get some cool lifers, including uh, blue stripe ribbons and blue stripe garters, which I had only seen previously as DORs. And uh, oh, yeah, and I saw my first swamp snake, uh, Lyodides pygia, which uh, got me more than a little excited. And I also got to observe. Uh, a couple of Florida softshells that were foraging in shallow water. And so I got some nice photos of that. I uh, have to say that elevated boardwalks can be very good for turtle watching. I also got to see several Florida scrub lizards, uh, Scoloporus woody or wood eye. And there were also Sewanee cooters and gopher tortoises and corn snakes and rat snakes and an eastern diamondback. So a pretty good trip. And of course, I also recorded some material for the show and I can't wait to get that out to you all. Okay, before we get to Bob in the episode, I want to take a minute and thank all of the show's patrons, including our newest Patreon supporter, Sal Shabetta from the great state of Texas. Thank you so much, Sal. Much appreciated. And, and I almost forgot to uh, a shout out to Michael Moffat. Thanks, Michael, for the increase in your monthly contribution. Uh, I confess that I just caught on to that this morning, and I'm as usual, I'm a little slow on the uptake. And I'm also sorry that I miss seeing you and Jill again by just a single day. And more of that were kind of smarts, but uh, see you next time. Okay, so I'm very happy to have Bob Ferguson back on the show. Now, many of you will recall that Bob was featured on episode seven way back in the dim and distant past. And so I brought Bob back on to talk about his calendar project, which I think is amazing. Uh, if you know Bob even a little, you're aware that he's a very passionate person with a lot of energy and He's been producing and selling these calendars for 10 years now, and he's raising a ton of dough for some worthwhile causes that support herps and other wildlife. And I'm just in awe of what he's accomplished with it. And of course, we spent uh, some time talking about herps and herping as well, and uh, maybe a little birding, but not too much. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And this evening, I am speaking with Bob Ferguson yet again. Hi, Bob. Hey, Mike. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Uh, and thanks for coming on. Uh, let's see. You were episode number seven. Yeah. Uh, when you first came on the show back in, uh, Ju- I think it was June or maybe it was June of 2020, I think. Wow. Yeah. 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 When you guys came out to the Pine Barrens. Yeah. And we recorded it in the Pine Barrens, too. Yeah. So. Very cool. Only her podcast from the Pine Barrens ever <laughs> so far. Well, I'm glad to have that <laughs> moniker. So. <laughs> that was, it was really fun. It was fun to hang out in New Jersey, and it was uh, it was fun to do a podcast from uh, out in the middle of nowhere on, on the hood of your car, crickets and frogs, and the occasional vehicle coming by that we had to stop for. But and some some whippoorwills, and whippoorwills. Yeah, I almost forgot. How could you forget <laughs> whippoorwills? It was so cool. But uh, here you are back, and uh, we're, we're bringing you back. We have a purpose here. Uh, other than the fact that I, I just enjoy talking to you, and we probably could uh, talk about lots of different things over the course of this, but uh, one of the things I want to bring up is it's calendar time. It is. And uh, for those of you uh, who listen to episode seven, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, or if you know Bob, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, it is that time of the year when uh, Bob is issuing his special calendars, Herp and Bird calendars. So why don't we talk about what those are? and uh, why you do it, and uh, why you're not getting rich off of this big project. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I guess I'll go into what they are first. So this year, I am offering 14 different choices of calendars, and these are all photos I've taken myself. Some, Most of them are new. Some of them are over the years, photos I haven't used before. I got six snake calendars this year, turtles, salamanders, frogs, an Africa calendar, which is mostly the mammals there, and then three bird calendars. I think that covers them all. But um, that's what they are. I sell them every year. And as Mike said, I don't get rich off of these. I I donate every single cent of profit to wildlife conservation. I'm in a position in my life where I, I don't need the extra income, at least not from this. And it makes me feel good and gives me purpose to give back to wildlife and the environment and just it like i said just makes me feel good makes me feel like i have legacy going forward and it's it's just a chance for me to give back yeah uh which is which is great uh, i love uh, people that just give back to the community uh and some do it very quietly and uh some take a, a somewhat more visible road like yourself with uh, yeah. uh selling calendar uh, calendars over social media some people spam your news feed every day <laughs> by my calendars. <laughs> so. But it's but it's only for a short season. And then, you know, it's right after October and right before Halloween or right at Halloween. And then and then, you you know, you go away. And then a couple of weeks later, your calendar comes in the mail and it's really cool. Exactly. And I, I honestly, I've never had a problem like pushing these because. It's, it was something I struggled with a little bit. Like I felt like, oh, like I said, I'm, I'm spamming people. I'm bugging people. But in the end, it's, it's a project that I believe in. It's something I'm passionate about. Like I said, I'm not getting rich off of it. And just let me put it out there. I, people who like sell their photos and whatever, calendars, T-shirts, just to make an extra buck, I'm not putting that down at all. Perfectly fine. Listen, if I could make 
a living off of selling my photos, I would. But like I said before, I, it's within my means that I don't need it. And I just want to donate everything. It's a labor of love. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I, I know uh, you don't you're not trying to step on anybody's toes or uh, or make uh, any aspersions to anything else anybody else is doing with this. This is no. just your own, your own little project. Any of this like merch is uh it's not competitive. We all have our own markets. We all have our own supporters and people. And you know, I I love to support other people doing the same thing. It's it's great. It's you know it's it's good for the community. It's good for wildlife. I wish everybody well who wants to head down that road. Well, tell us, how, what is, how many years have you been doing this project? So this is actually my 10th year, my 10th anniversary. And I started 10 years ago, and my first calendar was a Snakes of the Pine Barrens calendar. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go over. And I'm like, you know, let me just try and print some of these up, see how many I can sell. And whatever I make, I'll donate. And I, that year, I donated to the Pinelands Preservation Alliance which is a group that basically fights uh, to keep the pine lens intact. So if, you know, a Walmart is trying to build somewhere, they have a whole team of lawyers that goes up to goes up, you know, against them and basically keeps the pine barrens intact. So that year I only sold 60 calendars, uh, which I thought was good. But at that point, in time, my printer didn't offer me any sort of printing discounts or anything. So I was only able to donate $200. That said, it was $200 more than I would have donated if I hadn't given it a shot. So right. it's always worth that shot. Right. So fast forward, do you, do you want me to talk about who I've donated well, to in the past? Or? Well, I, I uh, saw the next year you sold a few more and, it, and the year after that some more and it just sort of started building. And it start, Yeah, it started snowballing and all the way up to last year, my ninth year, I sold, before the cutoff, I sold 789 calendars and then I had a bunch trickle in. I think I ended up about 830. And from that, I was able to donate $10,020 to the Rainforest Trust. You heard it here first, folks. 10000 <laughs> bucks. So my little calendar project has really helped me, you know, give back. And it feels good. It feels great. And I couldn't do it without everybody's support. Well, you know, the, it's also everybody buys a calendar gets to help uh, as well. So, they, you know, they're on, they're on your train. Right? Exactly. You get a calendar yeah, ex and you jump on the, on the train to the donation to donation station, right? That's exactly that's what it's all about. Yeah, I always try to say, you know, we've made this happen because, like I said, I, it's it's not my money. It's it's everybody's support, and you know, half half of the calendar sales or the money from it goes into profit. All goes to the Rainforest Trust, and yeah. Also, it's one thing to first of all, you have to come up with some great photos, and and you're an outstanding photographer, and you, you have a lot of subjects that you're interested in, but you've got to take those photos and then you've got to sort out and figure out which photos to use in what calendar. And of course now by this time you, like you said, you have a lot of different types of calendars out there. So you've got to come up with a 12 photo or 13 or whatever it is yeah. for, for each particular calendar. So that sounds like quite a bit of work. It is. It's a, it's, that's actually the stressful part of it. I, I have a few close friends that could probably tell you I drive them nuts because I just will message them and be like, this or this, this or this, this or this. And I'll like take <laughs> these small little like voting polls. And then I do I actually do that on social media too. And I get a lot of people to, to give some feedback, but yeah, I, it's, that's a stressful part of it. And in the end, I don't think anybody really 
care as much. I mean, they're usually just supporting so that they can feel like their money also went to conservation. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I bought some calendars in years past and I like to give one, one of them, at least one of them to somebody else. And then I keep the other one here and I usually have it on the wall here in my writing room or my podcast studio, if you will. Uh, so that it's all cool. Uh, and the other part of the work is I know the printer prints, uh, you know, puts it all together in the format and you work with the printer to get it right and all that. But uh, that, there's uh, that work, too. Right. It is uh, getting the together with the printer, getting it formatted, getting it printed, getting it back. And then you become Mr. Mailman and, <laughs> and you mail them out. Right. Yeah. So from now until Christmas, I'm just I'm super busy. I mean, Think of it this way. So last year I sold 800 calendars and not many of them went straight from the printer to the supporter. I I sit there in my living room, I throw a Sixers game on or whatever and just pack and label and pack and label. And it's like an every night thing. And one of the things I always talk about that gets forgotten sometimes is the reason, one of the reasons, like I had somebody say to me, look, if you have the money, just donate it. Like, why do you do this? I like the outreach part of it. I like that if I sell to 500 different people, because a lot of people will buy multiples, but if it's 500 diff different people, that's 500 different conversations I get to have. Although oh. that's super time consuming, but like I get to catch up with people. I get to, I, I get a lot of people that aren't in the Herp community that are buying it because they found me online somehow or whatever. And I'm like a wildlife photographer, even though I know about a hundred people that take better pictures than me. But, um, you know, it's, it's, so it gives me a chance to reach out. It's, it's neat to like, be like, Oh, I, I'm, I don't like snakes. I'm scared of snakes, but my nephew does. So I want to get him this. So it gives me a chance to like kind of dispel myths. It's just, it's just all part of the game. Really. There's pleasure in work if you know where to look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So here we are, 2021 calendar. What did you say? 14? 14 different choices. 14 different choices. And so you, and uh, what are the cal what do the calendars cost? This year they're 25 bucks. I, I, I kept it to 20 every year I could, but I, if you got, I'm sure everybody knows inflation's going nuts right now. And it was just cutting into the profits too much. So I raised them reluctantly to $25 this year doesn't seem to be a problem so far. I've already sold over 200. So, well, I think everything has gone up this year. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And so it's not surprising. And of course the printer has, you know, printers always have escalating costs. And yeah. Uh, so uh, not surprising. Yeah, and in the States that's shipping included. So it's just a flat 25 bucks. Okay. And so uh, if you're out there listening and you're thinking about getting a account, just remember that Bob is, taking care of this personally and is sending it off to you with uh, love and gratitude. Isn't that correct? <laughs> that is definitely correct. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I, it's, it's a lot of work, but I, I really enjoy it. I wouldn't have done it for 10 years if I didn't. So. Right. Uh, I'm wondering, do you, have you gotten any other, I mean, say you like talk to a lot of people about this and, and that's a, you know, a natural correspondence there and it's, it's pleasurable. And I, I kind of get a little bit of that through this, the show sometimes through email right. or, uh, messaging and things. It's very pleasurable, but is there are things that come out of this calendar project that you didn't expect in terms of new friendships or just cool stories or anything like that? It, it, it's, it's really, it's about connecting with people. Um, so like, on a person, like you talk about kids, I mean, you connect with some, you know, kids who are new, maybe new to herping or photography or something. Yeah. I get a lot of that. I actually, <laughs> I had some people 
ask me if I would sign their calendars. I did a presentation <laughs> at uh, Lancaster Herp Society. And I'm just like, really, I'm the same as you, except I'm 40 something years old. You know, you're, you're 20. Like, <laughs> but yeah, they had me sign calendars. And I just, I felt really weird about it, but I guess that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But then on, I have like, I just posted something tonight because uh, I also run a raffle with it to make some extra money. And basically it's $5 extra and I throw your name into a hat and I work with the winners to pick a 16 by 24 framed picture. It's like fine art, um, really nice company that does it. And anyway, he was an old elementary school friend and he won two years ago, one of the raffles and he had a shore house in in Wildwood Crest, which is the Jersey Shore. And he spent half of his year up in Alaska, half of his year down the Jersey Shore. And he liked shorebirds. And we actually worked together. He was the winner. And I got him a framed picture of Forster's turns, which I never would have expected because I'm known more as a herp guy. Like, so it was kind of cool having a guy like uh, take a bird photo from me and have that framed. So oh, that cool. was cool. Um, and I guess one other thing, it's just, just the connections like, well, I've been donating to Rainforest Trust for three or four years now. Um, and they invite me to like these big, big shot dinners up in New York City and like these really like fancy restaurants that have like a year long waiting list and basically rubbing elbows with millionaire donors and people who have done so much their entire life for wildlife conservation. And it's like, I'm almost afraid of, you know, getting too deep in the conversation. I don't want, I don't want them to know, Oh, I make calendars. I just like taking pictures. Cause like some of these guys <laughs> do a ton of work, but it's, it's really inspiring to meet these people and be treated the same. Cause in the end, like, I feel like anybody can do anything. Like I said, my first year was only 200 bucks. If you only have 10 extra dollars, you can give that. You can always just go move amphibians off the road and have some hands-on conservation. Everybody, can possibly do something for wildlife. So, right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I spent a lot of time in the rainforest. So I'm a big fan of uh, organizations like rainforest Alliance and things like that, because I mean, they're doing their best to, to put aside land, to keep land away from the chain, away from the chainsaw. Yeah. And uh, not only to, to purchase land, but also I think they, they, they do work to help keep, you know, uh, ridiculous pro-logging laws from being passed and, you know, criminal activity and that sort of thing. So I think they, they, they're involved in all aspects of protecting the rainforest and not, not just um, adding hectares of property. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Land acquisition is probably the, the most important thing, but what they do then is, is hire employees to guard it, to take care of it. Um, the one year when I donated, it was, the money was put into helping, uh, indigenous Peruvians um, out with their land rights, and it would provide them legal assistance if loggers or miners tried to come in and clear cut their land. So that money went really far because you're not actually buying land for a preserve, but you're helping preserve thousands of acres for the indigenous people who already live there and live in harmony with with you know the the jungle. So. Yeah, and if some of them can actually work uh, and make a living at you know protecting it, like you say, and being stewards of the land and whatnot, and watch watch people uh, and and keep an eye on things, uh, that's that's even better because they ha they have a, an even bigger stake 
in preserving that, that yeah. land. Yeah, it's I love it that they they hit it from all angles. So they're I I love the Rainforest Trust. There's plenty of good organizations out there, but they they've been good to me, and I, I love their work. So I'm going to continue with them yeah. for now. Okay, well, that's good. So folks have an idea where their calendar money is going to. Um, right. Very good. And of course, you've been to the rainforest a number of times. Uh, yes. Uh, la- last time you were on, we talked about some trips you had made. Uh, you'd been uh, you've been to Peru, of course. You've come down with us, and you had an exciting Bushmaster adventure. And uh, <laughs> amazing time. Yes. <laughs> people still talk about you, Bob, and your Bushmaster. <laughs> so it's such a such a great story, and I love telling it. Yeah, the uh, pinnacle of my herping career. I can't do anything <laughs> better than that. So, oh man, I don't, I don't know. That's that's going to be tough to beat. I agree. Uh, and folks that don't know what we're talking about, I have to go back and listen to episode number seven. <laughs> uh, but uh, you've been to Peru and you've done uh, Honduras and I think maybe Costa Rica. Yes, um, and uh, and you've also done uh, Africa. Uh, so Africa. you've uh, been around uh, quite a few different places and. Uh, We've talked about that a bit, but, uh, you know, last time I had you on, uh, you had recently returned, I think maybe the year before you had made a trip to Brazil and you had, uh, you, the place you went was in the remnants of the, what they call the Atlantic forest. Correct. Uh, in Eastern Brazil. And so can you tell us a little bit about that trip? Cause I meant to ask you about that, that particular adventure. And for some reason, maybe it's just a, too long in the pine barrens that day or something i just forgot to do it but uh, i think i think all of our friends were out finding corn snakes and stuff and we just wanted to get back to it <laughs> <laughs> well there was that too yeah yeah um yeah so the atlantic forest is i'll be quite honest um when i was i i've been i promised myself i would take an out-of-country trip at least once a year for the rest of my life so that particular year I was kind of looking around and it was like a timing thing because I, I want to make sure where I'm going is good for the time. And I hooked up with a company called Herping Brazil and I I never even really heard of the Atlantic Forest. I, I you know, I know the Amazon, I know Central America. I'm pretty I've only been traveling out of country for six or seven years. So I really hadn't grasped what else was out there. Um and as I looked into it more and more, I was like, wow, I've never knew some of this stuff existed, some of this wildlife. So I booked a trip down there for seven days and basically had a guide the entire time chauffeur me around. And I'll tell you what, the amphibians down there are incredible. The frog life is, it's like, it's out of this world. And the neat thing about it is nobody really goes there. Like, Everybody wants to go to Costa Rica and don't get me wrong. Costa Rica is awesome. It's iconic. I get it. I would go back in a heartbeat tomorrow, but like the Atlantic forest, like people don't really know about it. And I feel like I took some pictures of frogs down there and I might very well have the best pictures in the world of these frogs because nobody's really been down there to like sample the wildlife. And it's just, it's a neat, it's a different type of rainforest and, and I'm not, you know, a plant nerd or anything. Um, but like when you're walking around it, you can just tell that the foliage is different and the vegetation is different than where you've been. Apparently something like 60% of the species there is endemic to there. So yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. going to see that walking around, uh, Costa Rica or Panama or even the Amazon. So 
Yeah, the stuff with that, uh, the, the the herps we see in Peru are are quite different. I don't think there's much overlap with. Yeah, uh, not really. Forest. Yeah, even like the bothrops, they don't have fertilance or anything like that down there. They got totally different bothrops. So, so what month did you end up going? February. It was February. right before the yeah. pandemic, and it was actually, um, you know, things were coming out on the news, and I was part of that crew. It was like, oh, they're just getting you all worked up about another flu, blah, blah, blah. And then things started to seem serious. And I'm just like, oh, man, am I going to get trapped in Brazil? <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, luckily I got that trip done and got home and then COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. Your timing was excellent. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you stayed at a, like a lodge, correct? Uh, we actually, so we hopped around, we hit, um, and I apologize, I might not get these parks right, but it was like Inner Valleys, Carlos Botello, and then some um, bird resort. So we did two nights at each so we could mix up some of the species. And uh, the first two nights were mainly herping, or the first two uh, lodges were mainly herping, but the, the third, and then I would bird, um, you know, in the mornings while my guides were sleeping because we stayed out till three or four in the morning. But um, yeah. The third place was awesome because it was in a big tract of land, but they had, it's, it's world famous for, um, birding and they have feeders set up everywhere and the birds are so used to you. You have them like landing on your hand and taking food out of your hand. And it was uh, one of, one of my fondest memories was down there. And I think it's called Trila du, du Tucanos. Uh, I'm sorry. My Portuguese is nothing. <laughs> it's worse than my Spanish. Tucanos. That sounds like yeah, foreshadowing for toucans. Exactly. So they were there, but one of my fondest memories, I was sitting on the deck and there's just hummingbirds buzzing everywhere. And if you've ever been to the rainforest, you, you know, like we have ruby throated hummingbirds here on the East coast. That's it. Down there, you have like 12, 14 species all fighting and challenging each other for the feeders. So I'm watching all these hummingbirds buzz around. There's literally a dozen parakeets all squawking at each other. And I'm just sitting there and I got food in my hand while I'm watching a big black and white tegu walk across the ground below the deck. And then a parakeet lands in my hand and starts eating out of it. It was just like, <laughs> there's just so much going on. I felt like I was, uh, snow white. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, a little, little overloaded. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was overwhelming. I didn't know where to look. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that problem. You don't know whether to look up or look down either with the <laughs> yeah, birds and exactly. the exactly. Yeah. Wow. So I I know they set these things up primarily for birders, but uh, the savvy herper can scrape off some species on these with these birder itineraries and locations too. Yeah, the birding was just something to do during the day, and usually these bird lodges are set up for you know a lot of birders that are traveling around the world. They have money. So they want it a little more, you know, bougie and the meals are good and the accommodations are a lot more comfortable. Which, are, you know, which is not like, you know, Harper's, you know, and we have we have friends who, you know, heat cans of Chef Boyardee. Yeah, in the, exactly. In the, in the front, <laughs> in the front under the windshield. <laughs> yeah. And you get right out of the camp. Yeah. It's, that kind it's of thing. So. two totally different communities. You, you got like. Four four people sleeping in a car all night somewhere, and yeah, but <laughs> four four stinky people exactly. <laughs> yeah, your third day without a shower. Yeah, uh, so that yeah, birders and herpers, big difference. So 
we burned during the day. And then, I mean, like I said, they owned tons of acres. So we just picked a trail and walked at night. I mean, it didn't have to be a quote unquote herping spot. There were herps to be found. And we actually found a few species there that my guide who has been working full time down there in wildlife since like 2008, he got a few lifers there at the birding lodge. So it was kind of, Oh wow. Yeah. So the bird diversity was in the herp diversity was pretty overwhelming. It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was a great trip. And, uh, I know, so I saw pictures of some of the frogs, which I have only seen in taxonomic trees and things like that. And rep, you know, amphibian uh, databases and things I've never, uh, seen pictures of them before. So I think that's pretty cool that you had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. One of my top targets down there. And honestly, I didn't have high hopes. I tried to temper my expectations, but it's called like a macrogenioglottis alipoi. I think I probably butchered that, but it's like this big flat faced, colorful toad with these long stringy fingers. It was like the size of my palm. And we actually got it. It absolutely poured the first night and there were frogs everywhere and they were out calling and we actually got to find them in Amplexus. So oh super, my. yeah, super lucky there. My, my guide, he was like calling his friends, his buddies, and they're all like cursing at him because like, it's just something that doesn't happen down there. And I'm just nice. like, I stumble on this dumb luck. So it was really cool. Very cool. Very cool. And, and, uh, it, it's good to have guides who are excited. Yeah, about the, yeah. About the animals. And I found that I find that everywhere I've gone, like guides just end up becoming one of your I mean, you're yeah, you're paying them, but like they become one of your friends for the week. And then I mean the the Brazil guys, I talk to them all the time still. It's like we just became yeah. friends. It was just their business united us. Yeah, I I get that. And I've I've had some of those experiences as well. So uh, just kindred spirits and all that, I think. Exactly. Yeah. They uh, figured sharing. out how to make some money from it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, for local guides and some of the, some of the countries require guides. I mean, if you want to make a living at it, uh, officially, uh, you, you need to, you need to have a license. Yeah. And, uh, like Peru, I know is that way. I think Costa Rica is that way. So you have, you have to go to school. You have to learn how to, uh, the ins and out of, uh, ecotourism, um, which is, uh, more than just learning how to identify birds or, or herbs. So these guys put a lot of work into it to make, to make a living at it. So. Yeah. It's, it's well-deserved. It's a, they, they make the trips better. They're, they're going to get you to places that you wouldn't ever be able to figure out on your own. And it just, you get, get a lot of bang for your buck that way. Yeah. And that's something, you know, it's always fun. Uh, and it's sort of a, a, a thing that we like to do is, figure out a, a place to go by ourselves yeah and it's one thing to do that in you know pennsylvania or new jersey or illinois but it's another thing to do that in a country where you've never been before uh and there's just nothing like short-circuiting that that's research cycle by by employing a local guy to help you you know find the right places to go uh, and, uh, you know, you don't waste any time that way you spend a little money, but, uh, you, you only have so many days down there. So you want to maximize your time. Yeah. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm all about the adventure. I want to discover things for myself. That's like you said, that's all well and good in your home state or locally. But like, if I'm traveling a few thousand miles away to a place that I might not ever get back to, I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel down there. I want to see as much wildlife as I can in a short amount of time as I can. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, like you, I'm, I'm still friends with, uh, some of the people I've used as guides like, uh, uh, Tony and Tan in Thailand and, uh, Kurt in uh, Malaysia. And, and, uh, of course all the guys, uh, that, uh, become friends with down in Peru that, um, you know, make a living doing guide work. Uh, and you've met some of those like Emerson and Edwin they're, and other, other guys. They're all great guys. I, I follow them on social media. I still hope they're doing well down there. I can I got to get back. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot. Yeah. Uh, me, me too, actually, but it looks like I'm actually going to go back, uh, in January of, uh, next year. Okay, great. So, yeah. So all the trips were canceled this year, but we're, it looks like we're back on track. So that's good to uh, hear. So, yeah. And, uh, so do you yourself have, uh, are you, what are you looking at? You know, say you're doing trying to do a travel out of the country at least once a year. Uh, what are you looking at for 2022? So uh, this is really going to hinge. I, I'm buying a business, so uh, it's oh, really wow. going to hinge on how busy I am with that. I'm definitely going to get one trip out because I took Wes down to the Amazon with you guys, my my oldest son for his graduation. So now I yeah. owe my middle son a trip for his graduation. Ah. We're actually looking at Thailand perhaps um, or maybe Malaysia. I didn't even think of Malaysia until you just mentioned it. And then I, I forgot all about Kurt. So that could really be a cool trip, but I'll probably do something big with Nathan that way. Um, and then I'm hoping that I can get to um, the Pantanal with Julie down in Brazil. Oh yeah. Julie is your, your lovely wife. And yes. How's she, how's she doing by the way? Um, yeah, sorry. she's, she's doing great. Um, she's, she's excited about going down to the Pantanal and hopefully we can Good. make it happen. We're going to, you know, with her, she's obviously not a hardcore herper or anything. She appreciates it all. And as long as she's got a comfortable setup, I go out at night and do my thing. But like, I think for her, we loved Africa so much that we talk about it like four times a week still. Um, <laughs> but I, I think down there, like I really love to take the boats on the river and see jaguars and whatever else we can find the giant river otters, that sort of thing. Jaguars are obviously top of the list, yeah. but big Cayman. And yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's not Africa, but it's, it's big, uh, you know, megafauna, charismatic megafauna. So like it, yeah. it'll be fun for her and, I, I think Jags are are quickly becoming one of my favorite, my favorite big cat in the world. So what other cat will jump into the water on purpose? So <laughs> true. Yeah, they uh, they go right in after those big caimans. It's funny. Uh, you see a video of uh, them jumping in the river on a, on a on a caiman or something. Yeah, but incredible. It, it's not just one video. There are a number of people have caught this this thing. Yeah, and this, the time this type of uh, uh, hunting behavior. Yeah. So, so there's like one river where it's like the the jags are just easy to see at the certain time of year, and people go there. It's not like oh, you just got a little glimpse of of a cat. It's like you see them mating, you see cubs, you see them hopping in the river after caiman. So, you know, I I don't expect to see all that, but I I just want to see the cats really. Well, you have a, the best shot you could possibly have by going there. Yeah. So hopefully that happens this year. If not, it's going to happen soon. So. Okay. Well, uh, it sounds sounds exciting. And Thailand, either Thailand or Malaysia sound exciting too. Uh, yeah, I'll be hitting you up for some advice. <laughs> okay. Sure. I love both of those places and I, I can't wait to go back. Well, I, I thanks for coming on the show. Um, is there anything else we need to know about this calendar stuff? Now, I, I will put stuff in the show. I will put some links in the show notes. and. Uh, okay. Uh, you, you're going to, uh, 
set, you know, send me some stuff and I'll use it in the, either the intro or the outro of the show and uh, set people up. Is there anything else you want to uh, cover with this? Yeah. So uh, real quickly, I, I'll give uh, Mike my Etsy um, website so you can go check out the choices. Now, if you want to buy from there, because some people are just more comfortable buying through a site like that, you can yeah. put it, you can put in the, there's a $5 discount code that I'll, um, you want to go with Mike five or Pingle five? How about Pingle five? All right. So the code's going to be Pingle five, P I N G L E five. That'll give you $5 off. A lot of people, like Mike said, buy them as gifts. And I actually sell multiples a lot. And I'm running a deal where they're 25 bucks a piece shipped, but you can, if you buy four, I'll give you a fifth for free. Um, oh, wow. if, if okay. you're interested in buying five, cause people do give their easy gifts and you know, you got a bird loving ant and Oh, your cousin always wanted to go to Africa, that sort of thing. Um, you know, just hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, you know, however you, you want to hit me up. I'd love to talk to you and we can, you know, catch up and figure out what you want to get. Okay. Sounds good. And, uh, so folks, you're going to get a, uh, crafted by somebody else, uh, in, in the end, the end product, but, uh, photos by Bob processed by Bob mailed by Bob and you get to communicate with Bob over the whole deal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Hey Mike, I don't, am I breaking the rules here? Do you have anything planned for 2022? I am working on some things. Um, uh, I'd like to go to Costa Rica. It is, it is my 50th year of herping next wow. year. Wow. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to do some special trips if I can, but those are all, I don't know what's going to come out of it at this point, but we're working on some things and I'm going to Peru either twice or three times. I'm not sure yet, at least twice and probably three times, uh, different tour groups. And then, uh, professor Holbrook, uh, my, uh, co-author on the field herping guide, uh, is, uh, you know, he teaches, uh, ecology and he's, uh, uh, bringing another class down for a tropical ecology class. So uh, once again, I'll be going down there to help out with that. So, uh, so I, I plan on being kind of busy, so I, I'm not sure. I, boy, I'd like to go back to Malaysia again and, uh, things like that. So, you know, waiting to see what happens with, uh, different countries opening up next year and seeing how all that goes. So yeah. things are kind of in the air, but I, I plan, uh, <clears throat> I will be home from time to time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'll probably, I'll have something planned probably every month next year. Wow. That's my goal. So, um, at least some kind of trip, whether local, uh, around, around the United States or overseas. So we'll see how it goes. That's one of the, um, the neat things, um, I'm looking forward to. So with my business, we have national sales reps, so I'm looking forward to planning trips. Like say, if I have to visit my California, my South California rep, I'm going to go visit him when it's good to herp in Southern California. Ah, yeah. Stay an extra few days, let the business pay for the airfare. And, you know, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to be doing a lot of um, traveling within the country that I would never get a chance to do and just kind of mix yeah. with pleasure. So anybody listening, if you want to show me around, you know, just shoot me, <laughs> shoot me a message and I'll let you know when I'm coming out. Okay. That sounds like a fabulous plan to me. Yeah. Sounds great to me too. Business with pleasure because business without pleasure is just business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paying the bills. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks once again, Bob, and send me, uh, I'll put the Etsy details in the show notes and that. And uh, it's just, uh, number one, I, I 
enjoy helping out if, if, uh, with the calendar project and uh, talking about that. And uh, But I also just uh, enjoy talking to you. At, uh, it's been, uh, I think I haven't talked to you for a while. So it's uh, it's always good just to hang around and uh, find out what you're up to and uh, what your future plans are. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's always fun. great talking to you. You've been um, an inspiration for 20 years now since I joined Field Air <laughs> Forum. So Back then you were already legendary status and now we're friends and it's, you know, it's been a long journey for me, longer for you. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure where it all ends or when it all ends, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep working at it. And I know you will. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I can hurt till the day I die. I know, I know down in the Amazon, you know, we had a few 70 plus year old guys down there and I was just like, man, I want to be able to do this as long as they are like, and not just, it's not road cruising where you just sit there. Like they're hiking through the jungle in some really yeah. brutal conditions at some points. And I just, the longer I can stay healthy and do that, the better. I was really yeah. impressed by those guys. I still yeah, talk who to was Pete. on your trip. Oh, Pete, Pete, Pete Peter Mooney. Yeah. yeah. I just talked to Pete the other day. He bought a calendar and, um, we got a chance to catch up and then Kevin Messenger's dad, Robert. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, still talk to him too. So made some good. friends there. Yeah, that, that was a good group. And uh I, I did too because I didn't know uh Pete until then, and I didn't know uh uh Kevin and his his dad. I didn't know either one of them uh until that trip. And so um all good folks to know and, and be friends with. And uh, uh I get a lot of calls to get Mr. Mooney back on the show. Uh, for, oh, he's got for, stories man he has tons yeah so he's he's coming back to peru next year so i'm going to i'm going to corner him in the dining hut of the field station and make him make him talk so <laughs> like that's a chore yeah i, I think he'll he's, be he, he will be an open book yeah he's such a he's a good talker and he has great he's a good storyteller and uh he's just a nice guy so yeah he really um, is yeah well, thanks again, and uh, hopefully I'll see you sometime, whether it's in the East Coast or somewhere exotic. I don't know yet what the future holds, but it'd be great to run into you again. I'm sure we will somewhere, yeah, or at once or twice this year, one way or another. So, One way or the other. Yeah. All right. I really appreciate you having me on and helping me uh, push this and ask for people's support. So thank you. Sure, sure. No problem. And I know my, uh, my uh, audience will respond I'm assured of that. <laughs> Great. All right. Thanks again, Bob. Thank you, Mike. Hey there, me again. It was good to talk herps and calendars with Bob again. And uh, I just want to tie up this episode with a little calendar information. So you can contact Bob directly through social media and arrange to get your calendars. Or you can go to his Etsy shop and purchase them. And that's etsy.com slash shop slash fascinature. And I will have a link to that in the show notes at so muchpingle.com. Now, the calendars on Etsy are marked a little higher because the folks at Etsy, of course, need to take a cut. Uh, but as Bob mentioned on the show, there's a coupon code for $5 off a calendar. And that code is PINGLE5, and that's P-I-N-G-L-E with the number 5 on the end. And if you order two calendars, you can use the code PINGLE10 for 5 bucks off of each calendar. Three calendars, PINGLE15, you get the idea. And uh, if you want to order more than three Contact Bob and he'll give you the details on some bulk discounts. And remember, folks, all of the proceeds go to a good cause. Thanks, Bob, for coming on the show. Thanks in advance to all of you for supporting the project. I just ordered my calendars yesterday and uh, 
Thanks to everyone again for listening to the show. That's it for episode 51. I want to thank Bob Ferguson for coming back on the show. Always good to talk with you, Bob, and good luck with this year's calendar project. I want to say thanks once again to Sal Shabetta and Michael Moffat for supporting the show. And uh, thanks, as always, to all of the So Much Pingle patrons. And if you would like to kick in a few bucks, you can do so via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash so much pingle and so much pingle is all one word. You can also make one-time contributions via PayPal or Venmo. Just drop me an email to so much pingle at gmail.com for more details. And don't forget that you can find all the recorded episodes and show notes at so much pingle.com. And you can also join the So Much Pingle Facebook group to follow the show and interact with me and some of my herpster guests. And last but not least, you can reach me directly via email at somuchpingle at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And until we meet again, please take good care of yourselves and don't forget to herp better. <laughs>